Martin Chapson. Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever been comfortable only to have something kind of interrupt your comfortability? You know, you, you get on that chair, that your favorite chair, and you sit there, and you finally, you know, it takes you a while to kind of get situated. You finally get to that perfect place, and then you realize you forgot to do something. And you have to get up. Or you find yourself in that place, and what's even worse is when somebody else comes in, and they say, I really need your help doing this one thing. And you got to get up again. you got to move. We do this in our lives, too. We have parts of our lives that we get really comfortable with. We get really comfortable with. And then all of a sudden, something comes along. And it interrupts our comfortability. It interrupts that which makes our life so comfortable. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a completely different place. Sometimes it's Scripture itself that can do this to us. Years ago, back when I was on Vicarage in Steelville, Illinois, that's down there by Carbondale, for those of you that don't know where Steelville is. It's not a big town, so, but we were in Steelville, and I was leading a class. It was actually a confirmation class for these, for these two brothers, and they came there, and they weren't, they weren't just new to the church, but they were actually new to the faith. And so one of the things that we really did is we, we started going through various Bible stories, and they loved them. They absolutely loved the Bible stories. They loved hearing about Jesus in these miraculous healings. They loved hearing about Jesus walking on water, and they loved hearing about Jesus doing all of these good things. But eventually we got to the Good Friday story, and you could, you could see it on their faces, as I told the story, and as I began to, to expand upon it, you could just see it. You could see them come to the realization. I think at first maybe they thought it was a, a metaphor or an allegory, or maybe, maybe they thought I was, I was just trying to be clever, but as it kept going, and they heard about the story of the suffering and death of Jesus, it was a very uncomfortable reality, all that Jesus did for them. It's an uncomfortable reality. In a lot of ways, our text this morning does the same thing for us. As we approach Holy Scripture this morning, we've, we've heard a lot of the miracle stories. We've, we've heard a lot of things that Jesus has done. And then every now and again, Jesus turns to the people that are following him and he'll give them words, hard words, harsh words. Words that even now, as we read them, they have lost none of their potency. To be my disciple... You must hate your mother and father, your brother and sister. Yes, even yourself. That's hard. That's a hard word. But you know how it is. As Christians, we can sometimes do this. We, we, we are confronted by this uncomfortable reality, this uncomfortable text. And so we kind of have ways of which we kind of deal with it. 
One of the things that we notice right off the bat with this is that our text begins by saying, large crowds were following Jesus. And so we kind of do this thing where we, we think to ourselves, well, yeah, that makes sense. Jesus is thinning the herd. That's what he's doing. He's, he's got too many people following him, so he says these really harsh words, and then less people are following him. But there's a problem with that. First of all, Jesus wants all to come to him. And second, Jesus doesn't lie. These words are true. They are good. They are accurate. There's no doubt, though, that crowds were following Christ. They had seen some of the things that he had done. They had witnessed some of the healings or the miracles or, or been to, to one of those times when he sat on the seashore and he, he, he presented his sermon to them. They had heard his word and they were following him. And there's certainly a truth that they had maybe not counted the cost They wanted all of these things. They wanted all the healings. They wanted all the miraculous things. They wanted Jesus to go and and say something to the Pharisees. But they hadn't really thought about the other side of it. How much does it cost? And so Jesus says these words. And he says a, a couple stories, parables, if you will, that kind of go along with it. The first one being about the man who's building a tower. Who, if they're building a tower, doesn't first count the cost? Of course you count the cost. You try to figure out how much it's going to be. So that way you don't get stuck with just a part of a tower and you never quite finish it. You'll be mocked. And what about the king that wants to go to war? Who doesn't count the cost to see if they can, they can win? If they don't think they can even win the battle, why even go in the first place? No, send a treaty forward. Try to make peace. Who follows Jesus without counting the cost? So yeah, harsh words. Harsh words. And even for us today, as we read through this text, as we read through the very words of Christ we begin to see what it's all about, what Christ is saying. Christ comes first. He comes before our brothers and sisters. He comes before our mothers and fathers. He comes before our grandma and grandpas. And yes, he even comes before ourselves. Christ comes first. I've come to realize over the years that really there's two types of people that really follow Christ in terms of this. There are those that hear these words, that hear what Christ says, and they say, I can't do that. They keep coming to church. Maybe they have various reasons for doing so, but they say, I can't do that. And then there are the others who really try who give it their best effort, who try their hardest to make sure that Christ comes first in their life. And for these folks, what they realize real quick is just how inadequate they are. The more they try, the harder they try, the more they fail. And the more they realize just how far they are. Just how far from the glory of God they are. Just how far they are using their own will. 
No. This is unachievable using our own power. This is unachievable using just our own willpower. In fact, as we read through all of Scripture and we read through all the words of Jesus and all the words of Paul and the others, it is God who brings forth faith. It is God through the very work of the Holy Spirit that ever draws us closer to Himself. It is God Himself who draws us closer, ever directing us towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ does come first, but not because we are so good, but because He is so good, because He is our God. Christ does come first, but not because we are so effective at what we do, or we are so able-bodied, but because Christ Jesus loves us, and He sent His Spirit for our sake to ever direct us and draw us closer to Himself, that through Him He would give to us forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. In His name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.